tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Johnson. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome, everybody, to another episode of NBC's Hit Drama Aquarius. We're up to episode eight, and we have a huge show coming your way. We're so excited to be with you. What an episode. We had murder, conspiracy, prostitutes, priests, everything. And it's only Thursday. And it's only Thursday. I'm your host, Guy David, and we have some special guests with our special guest I should say with us tonight and my special co-host. I'm Paige Bonanno. You guys can follow me on Twitter, Instagram at Paige Bonanno and we are so excited tonight to be joined by Spencer Garrett. Spencer Garrett everybody. Spencer How Banyan off you you had a big part today, man. Uh, tonight was a good it was a great episode, wasn't it? It yeah. was such a good episode. So well written and uh, the great John Emil, who is a, was a great, uh, a very favorite director of mine, and, and I just thought he killed it tonight. It was a great, great episode. Absolutely. Everybody was great. So yeah. the term "busiest man in Hollywood" is often used loosely. It's a bit of hyperbole associated with it, you sometimes. Know? Yeah. But when I look at you and what you've got going on, you are literally the biggest, the most busiest man in Hollywood. Listen to this. This I'm, is what you've got on I'm right. Exhausted. Listen to this. Right now. This this isn't what he's done. This is right now. Blood and oil. Survivor's Remorse, Satisfaction, Aquarius, all the way, almost there, all on different networks. It's how crazy. can you play? This guy, this and it's nuts. only Thursday. This guy's so nuts. How can you play that many characters at the same time? And does your head explode? How, yeah, my, t- head, t- my head's exploding. I don't even remember any of those shows. I don't remember doing any of them. I don't even know where I am right he, now. He's exploding over here. Yeah. No, it's been it's been a it's been a fun year. It's been a an exciting year. It's been an exhausting year shooting. He, we finished Aquarius. A year ago, I think, mm-hmm. in August, and then uh, and I was doing that in uh, Satisfaction in Atlanta at the same time. And at one point, I was sort of going back and forth between here and Atlanta, mm-hmm. doing a little Aquarius, a little Satisfaction, a couple other things sort of peppered around, and then Blood and Oil we shot in Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. going back there next week. And so, yeah, it's been... Uh, so you, a, lot, a lot of air miles. Like, how do you, I guess, stay focused during all of that with all your different parts, all your different characters? It's just hard drugs. Yeah, there we go. The LSD, well, like we saw tonight, scotch, right? LSD. Oh, yeah. God. It, no, it really clarifies things. It really can. No, I, yeah, there we go. I've been I mean, telling you I should take my drugs before the no, episode. No, 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 kids. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't where, do drugs. Where's the camera? Don't. Don't. You look at that one. Go to stay in school. No drugs. No drugs. No, no, no. <laughs> um, no I mean, how do I stay focused? I. Um, Try to get as much sleep as I can. I yeah. sleep. I sleep on airplanes a lot. Um, no, there's there's usually time in between. Uh, I mean, in the case of last summer between Aquarius and Satisfaction, mm-hmm. there was uh, that was sort of uh, an unusual circumstance where I was going back and forth a lot. But no, there there are sometimes you know weeks in between, mm-hmm. so I have time to kind of breathe and regroup and you know wash my face and there we go. Brush my teeth. You've got good skin. But, Thanks. Um, he actually yeah. does brush his teeth. Yeah. I do sometimes. So yeah. Great. You, you yeah. were telling me when we were watching the episode that 
you went on a you went from Aquarius on a red eye to satisfaction, and you actually got the wrong character. Do <laughs> you said the wrong lines yeah, during one of the? That was a fun day. No, I just I finished I finished Aquarius at like seven o'clock at night, and then got on a red eye. It was like on a Tuesday night, and got on a red eye, and then got into Atlanta at like five in the morning, and went right to the set of Satisfaction. And yeah, you know, I, I don't sleep on airplanes. <laughs> I don't know people that do. I, mm-hmm. I, I applaud them. But uh, it showed up in in Atlanta and went right to the set and uh, and words from the day before came out of my right. mouth of uh, <laughs> the character of Victor O'Connell that I play on Satisfaction came not so tripling. How did people time. react to that? <laughs> <laughs> the director was like, "Dude, that's the other show, isn't it?" That's, that's the other one you're working yeah. on. That's what I was doing yesterday, Get about twelve hours ago. Yeah, yeah. that was my yeah. other character. Yeah, it was a funny. It was just a funny moment. But uh, you know, I had, I had a couple of. Double espressos and oh, yeah. uh, you know just jump right back in the game, but uh, yeah, it's happened a couple. It's happened a couple of times where uh, things have kind of kind of overlapped yeah. a little bit. But listen, uh, good good problems to have. It, I'm, yeah, I'm, exactly. Uh, yeah. So there's never there's, there's never too much. No. No, no, not too much. As many as you want. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, talking about Aquarius tonight, the episode was great. I just wanted to see what really drew you to Aquarius in the first place. Like, what made you want to? Audition uh, and and go on this show. Well, you know, I, I mentioned earlier I auditioned mm-hmm. for the role of Cutler, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I saw how he was described, he was described as like they should have had a picture of Chance Kelly. Yeah, you know, on, <laughs> on, on on the breakdown. So I, I remember going in to read and trying to be lantern jawed strapping guy. You know, <laughs> so did you wear like guy. a tight shirt or something? You I wore a tight, down not, and a tight shirts, and me don't we re, we don't really get along. But oh, okay. I, you know, I, I, tr- I tried to really kind of pull off. You know the tough guy cop vibe, and I think I walked in and and uh, Jonas Pate, who was directing the pilot episode, who also directed the pilot of Blood and Oil, uh, he saw me and I and I think you know sometimes you walk into the room and within forty three seconds they know, they know. And, and you know you're not the guy right and I walked out of there and John McNamara, our mm-hmm. wonderful creator, executive producer, writer, guru, you know extraordinaire, who's put this whole incredible show together. I walked into his office and he said, "He said, how did it go?" And I said, "I think it went okay." And he said, "I think there might be something else for mm-hmm. you. It's not. I don't know if it's going to be Cutler, but uh, we're going to find something else for you." So I was excited to know that at some point, so, you know, at some point on the show, mm-hmm. and I didn't know that it was going to be Banyan. And then a couple of days later, they called me, and uh, the wonderful casting directors are the same uh, women that do uh, that did Mad Men, mm-hmm. uh, Laura Schiff and and Carrie Audino. Um, so they'd known me from Mad Men, and so they kind of saw me as this. Uh, I guess they saw me as this dark, this dark, just dark, screwed up Hal Banyan character. Which I mean, you haven't really seen how screwed up, he's right? And you getting, said but, that we really get more into that. Like right now, he's kind of reserved, just like evil on the inside. We don't see as much. I wouldn't say evil. I, okay, he's um, he's just a little. He's a little uh, he's not evil. He's just he's got some issues. Yeah. Okay. You know? but, so what, but then we see out. a lot more from him as we go on. Yeah, you're going to see him a lot more from him, especially in the last two episodes in okay. twelve and thirteen, right. which kind of sets up uh, the second season too. Okay. Actually, we got uh, picked up for another season, mm-hmm. which is pretty yeah. exciting. So That's amazing. Because we still have a job. But <laughs> you, you you play this guy that is so interesting because he's not seen that much, but when he is seen, 
his character really stands out because there's oh, so many questions the audience are left wanting to know, which obviously we find out later. Mm-hmm. And I think you've done that really well mm-hmm. in portraying mm-hmm. the character. What were some of the biggest challenges and how did you prepare for a sort of role like that? Well, you know, you, you, you kind of get a, a, a blueprint for someone like Banyan from the big, very beginning. I mean, I, I, had a, I had a little bit of an idea from the outset mm-hmm. uh, that the kinds of things that he is involved in that mm-hmm. you will find out later. I don't want to give anything away right. down the end, but uh, uh, I, 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 how do I prepare? I mean, I, I think I just tried to. I don't like to. I don't like to judge the character. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. I don't want to make any judgment. So I played him as as you know. He's a straight arrow Republican, all American guy, mm-hmm. um, and you know I really didn't find out about what he was getting into until about midway through. So uh, I got little. Kernels, you right. know, little little nuggets thrown at me down the you know down the road. Does but that make the part harder, not knowing what's next? I like not knowing what was next. Mm. I kind of like like I mean, I had a I had an inkling that what you see Banyan do at towards the end. Uh, I had an inkling that for those who haven't binge watched, a lot of mm-hmm. people have already yeah. gotten through all thirteen episodes. Right. And God bless. <laughs> um, but for those who haven't. Uh, you know, I had a, I had an idea where he was going. Sure. I mean, John and the writers kind of said, you know, he's going that way, mm-hmm. and I went, oh, yeah, yeah okay. okay. Um, yeah. So, so that was very helpful to me. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't want to know too much, right? Because if you know, uh, I didn't want to play that. Sure. You know. So with that, uh, you know, right when the episode starts today, we kind of get a scene with Ken and. Hal. Yeah. So we see Air Hat and we see them together. My buddy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we see them together. And so we kind of get a weird little, you know, it, there's something between them that's going on. Can you give us any context on that? Can you well, give us I mean, a little background or a little bit more about their relationship? Well, you see tonight in tonight's episode, you see the flashback. Uh, there's a little bit of a taste when he opens the trunk, when mm. he's off in, the, mm-hmm. in that area with the rocks. And he opens the trunk and it flashes back and that actually flashes back to... Ken and and Hal have been together Mm -hmm. for quite a while. I mean, they've known each other. This is going back to uh, the mid 50s. And Mm -hmm. so there is, it's intimated that there's a relationship that goes, you know, with Manson that does Mm -hmm. go back that predates this. You know, circ- this set of circumstances yep. on the show. So, uh, so you know that that they've been together. They've been through a lot together. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, they both have obviously they got skeletons in their closet. And right. They've got some darkness in their past. I mean, he's he's married to this you know great woman. I mean, mm-hmm. the relationships on the show are so all over the map. And, and, he, and yeah, he overachieved with that woman. <laughs> but um, from, she's wonderful too. She's what, so good. From that episode alone. Um, I've just what I can tell from what's happened is yeah. what have we got? We've got Khan's just been appointed the financial chairman yeah. for the Nixon That's campaign, so they're going to dig into him a bit more. They're, they're going to dig go. into him, and I think and I and I, I think I had to sort of facilitate that. I sort of mm. steered them in that direction because I knew that if they started digging into me, I wasn't going to like what they were going to find. So uh, yeah, so and then so, so he gets the gig. Yeah, and that's when I sit him down in the office and say, "Listen, you know they're gonna they're gonna start snooping around." Mm-hmm. So, and throughout the episode, what we know is it's something to do with the hooker, which Sam is investigating. Yeah, and I think it gave a lot away at the end when Khan is supposedly, I think, um, unbearing a body, possibly, which we He's think is we the hooker's a woman. We see we see well, maybe, but we see a lot of stuff going on. So there. Yeah. I'm not a rocket scientist. By means, no. but I think somehow uh-huh. 
you're involved. You guys are involved indirectly or in some way with Manson into the murder oh, yeah. of the hooker. Hang on a second. I'll, I'm going to tell you. Oh, okay. how close was I? We can't I knew even, I was uh, brilliant. Uh, we can't tell you. Close. This is a little, a little close. You know, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, Not gonna say a word. No, he can't. I, he can't even no, do I, it. What? what but we I love we my can job. try to tell. You know, I mean, we know. That's um, that's what I put together. Did you get the same thing? No. You know what? Maybe, you, might be, you might be a rocket scientist. Guy. He is a rocket scientist. Yeah, wow, he, yeah. he figured that one yeah. out. That, that, that was one of the most brilliant things I've done in my life. There we go. There we go. Nah, but um, what do you think of NBC releasing all the episodes online? I think it's I think it's genius. I mean, I, I think. Uh, listen, you know, Kevin Spacey and House of Cards and Netflix. I mean, they mm-hmm. changed the game. Uh, Is that so, why they're doing it? I I mean, I don't know if that's why they're doing it, but I mean, obviously, you know, it started with House of Cards. Uh, Netflix sort of changed the paradigm of how yeah. TV should be watched, and it's it's a streaming internet show on Netflix. And it's being nominated for television Emmy Awards mm-hmm. for acting and writing and directing and all that. So it's considered a television show. And I think NBC wanted to kind of capitalize on that and say, hey, wow, people really want to watch. They want to watch when they want to watch it, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great idea. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that uh, there, there was a lot of buzz and hype about this show when it mm-hmm. was initially coming out. And man, people just devoured it in the weekend that it came out. So it seems like it. And, there, and I know people that are watching week by week, like yeah. you know, like watch people. So you get a chance to do it, you know, either way. Um, I watched, uh, you know, I watched several episodes when it first came out over the weekend because I wanted to see how it came mm-hmm. out, and you know, it's just. Uh, well, it seemed like it definitely lived up to the hype, and it's been a huge success so far. Like, yeah. how has that been for you? Dealing it's, with the success of it and p- having it being picked back up for a second season—that's got to feel great. It's been fun. I, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I just, I love to work, and I yeah. love. Uh, this was a great, this was a great working environment. Uh, I've, I've had a what I call an actor crush mm-hmm. on, uh, on Brian O'Byrne. Right, that's my partner. <laughs> I've seen him on Broadway so many times. I, uh, he's a, a wonderful, wonderful stage actor, and mm-hmm. seen him in many things in New York. And and so when I found out that he was playing Karn, I was, I was just was giddy with excitement because I got to, you know, I got to. S- Swing and throw down with one of my favorite actors, and yeah. I just had a blast. And I know David from X Files from years ago, and but McNamara really, when you asked earlier, you know, why what attracted me? Mm-hmm. It's it's the writing, the writing, the writing, the writing, the writing. Alexander Cunningham, who came from Desperate Housewives, and Sarah Gamble and John McNamara. Um, I mean, there's yeah. the, the pedigree of this show from the acting to the writing to the production design. It's you know, it's extraordinary. So, and what uh, was it like working with David Duchovny? Can you give us a little insight on that? He's a jerk. <laughs> I always thought so. He's a jerk. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, he's terrific. I yeah. mean, I did an episode of X-Files toward the end of his run, you know, because he left and, and uh, Robert Patrick and Annabeth Gish yep. took over. So it was toward the end of their of, of his run on that show and uh, had a, a really memorable time with him. And mm-hmm. when we sat down for the table read uh, for Aquarius the very first time a year ago, uh, I'd seen him several times over the years, and his manager, who produces the show as well, is a friend of mine, and, mm-hmm. and, and sat down at the table. And he said, uh, he, he looked at me, he said, you played Harry Bring on episode blah, 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 and da-da-da, when it aired. So he really? knew every detail about wow, that's the character that I played you know, 18 years ago. Wow. So he's, he's studies up. He's highly... He's a smart... He's just a smart guy. No, he's just a smart cookie. He's right. A, he's, a, he's a wonderful actor. I mean, you see, he's so magnetic on the show. I mean, he's a star. You actually said to me, you said you think this is his best part, and he's had some great parts. Why I think is it's that? The, I, I don't know. I just... I, I love the way... I love the subtlety, that the way he plays it. Uh, 
it's very underplayed, and there's no there's no flash, there's no mm-hmm. there are no bells and whistles with him. It's very it's very stripped down. It's like it's 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 Mulder and and it's it's Hank Moody, all of the all of the everything is just it's distilled into into Sam Hodiak. That's what we say yeah. a lot is that he's different, but you know his laid back demeanor a lot is really similar to what yeah. he. He wasn't Californication and the rest of his. But there's also sort of a, a, a wonderful kind of wounded quality about him because he's a World War II vet. He's sure. a fish out of water. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that's a guy from the 50s, the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. who's now kind of in this weird hippy dippy psychedelic world of the 60s mm-hmm. that just doesn't quite fit. Sure. With the buzz cut and everything. I mean, I just I love everything he does on the show. Yeah. I really do. It's what is it great. about him as a person that? People are just drawn to his characters. He has like this magnetic sort of draw about him when he acts. But you were saying how you have like man crushes as actors and stuff. <laughs> what is it? What does it feel like when you're to acting one on one with the guy? You watching look up the episode to so much? tonight, I, I, I really, really enjoyed. There, there were two two great moments that I loved about tonight's episode. I mean, I, and. and one was the scene with with uh, the pastor with Eddie mm-hmm. Jones, the great Eddie Jones, and when you watch David in that scene, uh, the best actors uh, listen, what? and mm-hmm. he's he's so engaged with Eddie, and he's listening, mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's just a lovely moment that the two of them have, and then there's a scene where uh, the nurse mm-hmm. comes to visit him in the precinct, mm-hmm. and you just watch David, you just see it's just so. It's just so simple and mm-hmm. so organic and so real, and Even I think that's what's about it. You know, there's yeah. not there's no acting going on. It's just two people talking and listening to each other. And to me, that's that's the that's the essence of. Um, Even the yeah. part when we found out that the father had died, and you know, he was obviously very clearly upset, and he yeah. was just played so perfectly that. It felt real. It felt like we were in there with him. We were upset about and it. Yeah, that's what I'm enjoying about the show most: the mm-hmm. character development and the different parts everyone's playing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Gray Damon, Gethin Anthony. I think that we can I go through with some, Emma's character uh, Emma's tonight. Emma, she was terrific. Wasn't There's she? some great acting yeah. in this. We, I, I love. I think good acting is good acting when you can tell they're not acting. Right. When you don't, you don't think these guys are acting. And I think that's what all these characters are doing Absolutely. right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We see with Emma, too, tonight in the episode that she gets more confident in everything that she's... Yeah, you mentioned that when yeah. the scene with her father. She yeah. gets She's more confident in, you know, the hippie man- mentality and everything that she's saying to people, the way that she's acting like Charlie now. She's really getting into it and a lot more confident. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting to watch. Yeah, there's so much this episode that we're getting later in the season now. We're past mm-hmm. the halfway mark. Right. It's probably a quarter left. Right. And mm-hmm. it's all sort of coming to what I feel like is this big finish now. David's on to the hooker case. Mm-hmm. Um, you also notice, got, like, yeah. everyone's work, everyone's work as an actor is just getting deeper and deeper mm-hmm. and deeper. I mean, Gray Damon and the guy that plays Jimmy Two and mm-hmm. uh, Claire Carey, who runs the who runs the uh, the Peach Pussycat. Everybody's getting and everybody gets a little moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's getting their little moment on this show, yeah. which is terrific to watch. And you'd asked me earlier about you know how do you, you say how do you prepare mm-hmm. for something like this and not not knowing what's coming down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think uh, because there were several times where I had three or four episodes in between. Mm-hmm. I would say to the writers, I'd say, okay, what's what's happened between sure. now and the last time I was here? Mm-hmm. And I would sort of get filled in a little bit just to sort of get a sense of, uh, you know, and I would talk to David and kind of get an idea of what, what's what been happening in this world. Mm-hmm. 
while I've been gone because obviously I haven't, you know, Hal hasn't been gone. He's just hasn't been on screen. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. uh, you know, I like to be as as as, as informed as I'm Absolutely. able to be. And it's not often we get to speak to a guy that's had such an established career as you at After Buzz here in studio. So. Mm-hmm. And you might pleasure. be joining us again for the last episode. I can't wait. The last episode. Is He's going to give us some real good insight on that one because it's, apparently it's going to be nuts from what we've heard. It's going to be pretty bananas. From what we've heard yeah, 12, 12 and 13 are... Uh, People are going to go watch and those are the main, And those are the main ones that you really play the biggest character. Thir- yeah, 13 is really like... It's just got a, just had a lot of meat the on last the bone. One. Yeah, and I had a lot of lot of really fun stuff to play. There we go. Really, really a, a joy. I, got to, I had to... Dig into the actor toolbox and Uh-oh. pull out a lot of stuff. Oh, we got a lot coming up. Yeah. You've done stage, television, and film. What is the biggest difference between the camera and live? On the- with live, you you sort of get the thrill of being in, in front of an audience every night. You get a chance to either fall on your ass or mm-hmm. uh, or not. It's 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 uh, you get to experiment every night and sort of tweak it and play it differently every night. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I was. Uh, there's no room for error, like the camera. There's no, there's no room for error. There's no room for error, but there is room for kind of uh, playing around a little bit and having. You can have fun on stage and try things out. Sometimes, you know, you work them out with the cast beforehand. I did a wonderful play at the Geffen two years ago called uh, "By the Way, Meet Vera Stark," written by Lynn Nottage. Mm-hmm. She won the Pulitzer a couple of years ago, and. Um, it was just a, a great play, and I got to play two totally different characters. I played a, a Russian-Jewish uh, movie producer in Hollywood okay. from the 1930s, wow. and then it flashes back to the 1970s, and I played a talk show host from the 1970s. Wow. Um, and we just had a blast. And so, you know, on, on stage, you get to, you know, kind of play and, and be silly mm-hmm. and experiment. With TV and film, TV, you rarely get a chance to... There's There was really very little rehearsal mm. at all on, on Aquarius. I mean, I'd get the call, and... On a Tuesday, you're going to work on Thursday. Wow. You walk onto the set, and you shoot it, mm-hmm. and you go home. Um, Do you prefer one over the other? I like to rehearse. I mean, if we okay. if, if you're working on something where you have the luxury of rehearsing, mm-hmm. I, I absolutely, I, I love to do it. I mean, it's it's great to do something where you're just sort of free and in the moment. But uh, sure. but to be able to work stuff out, if you have the luxury of time to be able to work things out with your partner in the scene, it's, sure. uh, it helps a lot, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you know how deep, like, the main characters, like Brian Chafe's character, you know, Sam Hodiak, how did, it's just, period piece it's the 60s did they really go back in and research the 60s do you know how deep they went i don't know how deep they went i mean obviously gray damon is what he's 20 yeah. 27 I think. 27 mm-hmm. so this is he you must know, have had beyond to. his i'm older than him you're old. i'm old <laughs> this is when you know you're old when you're older than this but this whole era is you know is beyond his frame of reference. So and I guess, so, how would you say that the the show is being portrayed as a period piece right now? I think it's terrific. I mean, I grew up in the 70s, okay. and uh, but I was, a, I was a little kid, and, the, you know, so mm-hmm. when this all was taking place, I was four or five. Um, but um, I, I, I think it's, I think it's just from a production design standpoint, mm-hmm. the music, everything about it mm-hmm. is they really, really got it right. Right. Um, I feel like... In the, in the way Mad Men did. I mean, okay. the attention to detail is... Is perfect from the clothes to the, everything is really, really uh, is beautifully done, and yeah. that's hard to do. And the, the budget on this, I think, was not it was an extraordinary amount of money mm-hmm. that they had to make it, and we did it kind of in a short amount of time thirteen mm-hmm. episodes over a couple of months in the summer. Um, so I yeah. think they I think they did a really good job. But in, in terms of in terms of Gray and and David, how they how they researched and how they 
got yep. in touch with mm-hmm. the 60s. I mean, David's sort of from my era, mm-hmm. um, so it was probably a little bit closer to the bone for him in some in some regards. But uh, uh, I think you just have to go, uh, you know, I, I was a huge fan of Mad Men, so that mm-hmm. era for me. And Banyan is sort of in that realm a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm a, I'm a, a bit of a student of the '60s and that era, and so uh, yeah. uh, I love going back and, and playing in that sandbox and that of that crazy time. Yeah. Just yeah. quickly before we get into the episode, Aquarius, Mad Men, House of Cards. Do you just have a really good agent, or do you just pick winners yourself, or what? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say I pick winners myself. Um, no, I, I'm. It's uh, what can I say? It's been. I go in and I read sometimes, and and, and he uh, does a damn good job. I mean, <laughs> Mad Men and House of Cards are the two biggest. Mad Men's one of the greatest shows, one of the greatest of shows all of all time. And I, you know, it had been on the air. I had read initially for the character of Duck, uh, yeah, 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 who was in the first, first and second season. Yep. I think he showed up, and uh, and my friend Mark Moses ended up getting the role, and and I don't think I'd gone in much, much. Uh, much else over the you know over the subsequent years that the show was on the air, and I remember saying to my agents, "God, I really want to I really want to get one of those under mm. my belt. I'd really love to have to do one of those." And uh, and so uh, finally, toward the I think it was season five that I did mine, and I went in and uh, and John Slattery was directing the episode, and so it was nice because we'd had we have a history, we've known each other a long time, and so so it was nice when I I'd gone in and I read and. Uh, and when I was finished reading, and it's it's a it's kind of a nerve wracking experience because mm-hmm. I think when you want something yeah. so much, uh, and I really wanted to get it, and so when I was done, uh, John Slattery was sitting next to Matt Weiner, and and he gave me like one of those. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you, you got that one. I got I got a little I got a little thumbs up from the side. Okay. Uh, and as I was driving away from the audition, I got a little text message saying, "See you on the set." Oh, so that there you was, go. So that was nice, and I you know, I kind of pulled over and I went. <laughs> Did you ever have one of those where you got really nervous, you really wanted it, and then you just kind of, oh, you were yeah. too nervous about it, and it... Yeah, I've had a few of those. I've had, I've gone in to read for friends that are directing things, and uh, and a couple of couple of different times, and I've just, and you walk in, and, and you think, oh, I'm going in to see a friend, and it's mm-hmm. all fine, and and somehow you get that little bit of sweat, that uh. little bit of sweat <laughs> that goes down your neck, mm. and then it runs down your shirt, and it's, you know. And you just and, and you know that they're all drenched. looking. That's everybody in the room is looking at that one little drop of oh, sweat, yeah. and that's when you know that's eh, it's not going to be. That's the what one. you get there when you, you hear from the girl. She doesn't text you back either. Oh, right. <laughs> but then I've gone into rooms and 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 just thought that I completely, absolutely tanked. And then you come you home and you it. get the call and you say, "Hey, guess what? You got you got the gig." So there, I, who knows? You I don't know. know. I don't know anything. We don't uh, even know how it works. I don't, I don't have no, I have no I've idea. I always wanted to know with an actor like you played Hal Banyan. You were in the first scene of this episode and yeah. it really set up the remainder of the season. Of this this yeah. first scene. Yeah. What before? What's it like watching yourself? I don't like it. No, don't, I don't. I, I, I mean, I gotta admit, that's a. And do, probably, do you, and I think do you it's feel awkward or like? Yeah, it's a little awkward. It's something a little. I mean, I think it's every actor kind of says that. Um, I don't. I mean, I haven't. Watched, I've always wondered that. Kinda, huh? Every actor's different, I guess. <laughs> I think. Um, I think watching the show tonight, I think I thought, God, I probably shouldn't have eaten 
so many carbs. <laughs> like, I felt I felt like I looked. I mean, they say the camera adds ten pounds. Oh my! God. I think I, I looked like I weighed about three hundred pounds, and that's I just can't. It just you know, you actually crazy. look lighter now than you do in the past. Oh well, I was. I was. I was a little heavier that. I that, didn't notice that, that summer when we shot that. God bless you. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. God bless no, you. I think I think you look great. No, I just uh, yeah. I just I, I don't I don't like uh, and also it's also like. Somebody sent me a text of uh, of uh, an episode of uh, Criminal Minds. They were watching television. They were watching a rerun of Criminal Minds, and they took a screenshot. And while we were just tonight, when we were mm-hmm. watching the show, and they sent it to me and said, oh. "I just turned on my TV, and there you were." And it was me on on their television from oh. six years ago. And I thought, God, I'm just getting old. Oh. <laughs> I put my dentures in. And, oh uh, my God! I know. I, it's, <laughs> That's stupid. So, yeah. What would you really like to achieve in your career that you haven't yet? Is there I want to be, a, I want be a talk show host. I want to be a. I want. I want your job. He's going to be an after buzzer. Let's be, switch. I want to be an after buzzer. I'll host. switch with you. Yeah, you'll be a lot better I'll than me. I just want one of these mugs. I just like, like, like these cool mugs. You can have one. Yeah. Really? You take one home with you. You probably that have really okay. played every part in the book. Yeah, I guess looking at it. No, but yeah, yeah. Thank you again for joining us so much. We really my pleasure. Yeah, my pleasure. I love coming out here. But yeah, back into the episode, which was. I think it was a pivotal episode, and well done, but you really liked the director, and you could see... I like John Emil very much, yeah. He directed a, a, a wonderful film called Summersby, and mm-hmm. uh, Nell is just a wonderful British director, and he's just one of these guys, you walk on the set, I'd never met him before, and walked onto that set in that conference room with with Ken mm-hmm. uh, and Brian, and you walk into that room, and there was just a, an, auto, an automatic ease that I felt. Okay. Never, never even seen the guy before. Wow. He walked up and said, "Hi, I'm John," and I just thought, "I'm I'm putty in your hands. I'll do anything you want." And mm-hmm. uh, I just really enjoyed. It. I loved That's all the great. directors. I mean, Jonas, and I mean, they had several several directors throughout the series, obviously, but uh, this particular one. And I also knew because I remember going to the set and I said to Alexander Cunningham, who wrote this episode, uh, I said, "What's going on with Hal? Like, where where are we going mm-hmm. now?" Like. When I'm giving him this information, and I say you're going to become the Nixon campaign chair, mm-hmm. th- what are we setting up here? And she told me she sort of put the little bug in my mm-hmm. ear, and she said, "This is where Hal is going," and that's mm-hmm. when I went, "Oh, so you know, you get that, you get that kind of information." And I didn't want to tip my hand, sure. so I knew where I knew where he was heading, but I didn't right. want to, you know. Um, Mm-hmm. I didn't want to give anything away. Well, it's got to be really important, as you were saying. You know, you really love the directors on this, everything. It's got to be really important for you as an actor to really like the director and like what they're doing. If you, even if it's a good show and you're not liking the direction, yeah. that must be really hard. Yeah. So it, it's great that you actually felt you loved the director as it worked out. So. But it's also like if you see that scene, and I, I, I'd forgotten that that scene opens the episode. Mm-hmm. So it's the close. And the pouring the drink mm-hmm. and the and the, the 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 wood boardroom and the way he's shot looking out the window and just all of that is very just wonderfully cinematic sure. and also kind of theatrical at the same time. And mm-hmm. I love the we are like there's a wonderful little play that he and I got to do mm. for that five minute scene and that was you know, that awesome. was really pleasant. It was almost like you're on stage, just two of you there going one on one a very tense scene, and yeah. then the transition when you go, but there is someone investigating this right mm-hmm. now. And then it goes to Sam, yeah, on the phone. Talking about the 1959. Yeah, he says why. He says why. Why was it a bad morning for you? And I said because ah, I wanted the job. I wanted it because yeah. this was a complicated episode that he made fits. Because you know it's easy to yeah. lose things when you're watching, but yeah. he made it easier yeah. for the viewer. Yeah. I right. felt like. Yeah. And there were some great lines too. Like I thought the line of the the whole best line of the whole scene was when Sam said to Grace, 
what's a first-rate lawyer defending a third-rate pimp? A third-rate mm. pimp, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is like, what there is he go. doing? Why was, why was what he defending him? What has it been this him? whole time? Exactly. Because yeah. she still doesn't know everything that... Well, now we see them sitting at the table, but, you but know... But you him. guys are already hip to the kind of crazy stuff that Ken is... Ken, right, Ken, that Ken's involved in. Yeah, Ken and Charlie are having a thing, and, mm-hmm. you know, so, so... So let me just clear a few things up for me, basically. Ken is full-blown in the closet. He's a full-blown homosexual, right? I'd say that's pretty... Yeah. And he married because of his status. It's the 60s. It's illegal to be gay. He's a high-profile person. He had to get married, but he's never loved his wife because he's gay. Well, I think... I mean, I I don't know that he's... I don't know that he's full-blown in the closet. I think... uh, it's, it's, it's It's a tricky... It's a fine line. I think he's just got that kink... You know, I don't think he's full-blown gay, but maybe, you know, obviously he's hiding a lot of things. We can obviously but. tell that he doesn't want to be that way. He doesn't want to be gay, and he's just upset about you it. He wants the, to change, you see but the he way, just... And the way Brian plays it, I mean, you see the pain in his face. The pain. He's just so conflicted about about everything. He wants he wants the, the chairmanship. He wants mm. to be the campaign chair. It's a great coup for him when I hand it to him. Um, but he also knows that oh my God they're gonna start mm-hmm. they're gonna start investigating digging around right. and uh, uh, the way he plays it is just uh, it's just wonderful to watch because talk about just peeling back the onion mm-hmm. just the layers that he's got going on there we can, could, yeah we can kind of get into too with uh, when he basically disowns Emma not you know oh, he's, yeah. he he says that he he wants the chairmanship so bad that he'll do anything. To get it, because she's kind of becoming a nuisance in his life. And he cuts her loose. And he cuts her loose. And she says, well, all right, see you, Ken. That was a great scene. It was a great scene. And And then she says goodbye, Ken. And then we see the pain in her face as she walks away, even though she's very stern when she's talking to him. Yeah. So we kind of see... We we dive more into Ken's character there, that he would he's going willing to go to but such again, great like, lengths. Beautifully directed because you see you see her have that moment with him and then she walks away and you see her mm-hmm. thinking. And then you all also the conflict in Emma mm-hmm. when all the drug stuff is going on and then the way the episode ends, she throws the acid yeah, down, she, she starts leaves. walking yeah. away. So you know, she's she, and that great shot of her going down the sort of the yellow brick road mm-hmm. as she's going through the forest. Oh, I want to talk about that in a second, but back to Ken quickly. He obviously wants this part as a finance chancellor really badly. Yeah. But he also knows that it could potentially ruin his whole career, yeah. even put him in jail. Yeah. Is it worth it? Why doesn't he just... He's already successful. Why doesn't he just That's leave it alone, point. you know? It's the drug of ambition, mm. you know? Because I mean, he's I, prepared to risk everything here. He knows sure. how deep but they're going But this is what he's been going through for his whole life as yeah. well, you know? This is what he's been working towards. And he wants it that, I guess he wants it that bad. In the pilot episode, he's so devastated and so wrecked that he's lost his daughter to this crazy person. And eight episodes later, doesn't care. Transition. he's like, see ya. He's like, it doesn't. It's tough. And I love how gracious but that's says, how yes, that's how ambitious he is. I mean, that's how badly he wants it. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, I was, he's hard, so hard. You're right how great an actor he is. And made, I predicted in one of the early episodes, because I could see the pain on his face, yeah. that he will eventually commit suicide, which I don't think's right now, but I predicted it early. <laughs> it's just because you see how torn he is. Yeah. He doesn't know what direction he wants to go, and that's such well played by right. him. Now I think about it more. Now you say what yeah. a great actor he, yeah. he is. Well, with the way that Ken and Grace are going about this, so we see them at the table in this beautifully shot scene, again, pretty much their silhouettes, and he he tells her what's going to happen, and she says that she'll say yes, dear, yes, dear, to whatever he does. So what are we thinking about Grace at this point? Because up until uh, now, she was all against Ken and against everything and yeah. needed to find Emma, and now it but seems like she's going to say great, okay. There was a wonderful 
that sort of acrid whiff of sarcasm the way she yes, said dear. there's yes, a huge dear. amount of sarcasm very bitter but it's also it's like it's the 60s it's it's you're coming out of it's that uh, it's Peggy and Joan from from Mad Men that are still they're still kind of Peggy and Joan. there's a place for them I mean you know she's 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 not quite she's not quite the lib- liberated do you, gal do you, do you agree with me that Grace is actually a bit of a bitch because <laughs> l- l- listen, because Sensors. a she she's made Sam drink again because she's yeah. accused him of all this Sam's yeah. son's she didn't AWOL, force alcohol right. and she son. says you wouldn't know what I'm going through even though Sam's son's going through much work yeah. she seems to not she's care a very, about anything very complex herself. character she's mm. a very complex yeah that was one of the moments only moments I've seen Ken actually really man up and get aggressive was that sure. period to, and he didn't seem comfortable about it to yeah. me he seemed like he's whipped he'd like he's whipped yeah. he's whipped yeah. yeah it seemed like that was rehearsed like he'd said it in his head many times like this right. is what I'm going to speak to my wife like exactly. this is what I'm going to speak yeah. to my yeah. wife like good point because yeah. he just wasn't comfortable with yeah, it yeah he rehearsed the way he was going to say that mm-hmm. and you could see him like looking in the mirror and, you know, right now honey no, honey, yeah. this is what's going and on. Her, her response is almost completely condescending. It condescending, and yet, you know? and yet, and it was the Stern. way it was shot in shadows in front of that window. Mm-hmm. Just great. They seem like too powerful, like a power couple to me almost. Yeah. And, you know, she said the whole time that we're going to put on a facade for everybody. We're, yeah. we're not going to let anybody know that this is going on. Yeah. Similar to, I guess, House of Cards and probably the World War of Politics too. <laughs> you know? There's a little Claire, there's a little Claire Underwood in her, yeah. isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I think so too. Because the way she said it was just sort of like just dead inside. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, I feel dear. like she just bends through so much at this point that She's whatever. she is dead inside. She's whatever, like, dude. It, whatever, yeah. whatever goes on, yeah. you deal with it, and yeah. I'm just gonna sit back and, yeah. and make sure that our money doesn't go away. <laughs> Sam Sam clearly loves her, and in the end, she catches Sam with the 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 nurse slash ex hooker. Right. Can we blame Sam for that? I mean, no. I mean, Sam. I hope she doesn't put that on him too, because he's just going he's got to, to live his life. We you know? know she will. I don't blame Sam for anything. I, like I don't him. blame I, Sam for I want to be Sam. Let's like go her. to the part when yeah, with, with the watch there. and so Cutler's on the phone with his wife Jeannie. Oh, that was great. And he's going for it and saying, "I didn't cheat on you. I wasn't with that girl last night. I was I was with a girl, but <laughs> was she was dead. Don't yeah. worry." He's like, "You want to know what time? You want to know what time it is?" And then yeah. Sam takes the phone and we yeah. almost think that he's gonna tell. Tell Cutler what's going on, yeah. and then he says he he just goes on with his wife, and then he says, "What time is it now?" Referring to the last episode where where he takes yeah. his watch, you know. And Chance so. was great in that scene. Too. Oh yeah, he's so he's so great. It was yeah. it was a perfectly so put cool, together Sam. scene, and I just love how Sam just got back at him like that. What yeah. we, every episode there's there's a murder investigation within it or something right back to the Black Panthers mm-hmm. it showed the movement of the Black Panther movement the, the there's B something sto- else. The B stories that, that, that underlie all of this are also really nicely done too because you so need, you need something, some sort of underpinning to sure. to, to kind of balance out all of this Manson stuff. Exactly. So the, the Black Panther stuff that, that the series began with was great because it just threw you right into the time. It's putting real it life right events in a fictional story, which yeah. is brilliant the way they do yeah. that. But yeah. what do you think of the priest situation? We found out Friends of Sam murdered the end. Mm-hmm. Is that the end or has this got more to it? Uh, I feel like this could, that's just, could be how it is. I mean, last episode we saw that the guy was in Hollywood in Paramount and he was gay and he was having the men come in and that was the last we saw of it. So maybe it's, it'll be la- maybe it's like an ep- more of an episode of the Did week. Do you like the uh, the, star- the Star Trek when they were on the they were Star Trek extras? All of this when they oh. went into Paramount on the lot, which is all we shot. Oh, we shot oh, it at Paramount. Yeah. But when they went onto the lot last last episode last week, 
you saw a couple of people sort of painted in blue. Uh. Those were the writers. That was Sarah. Oh. And some of the writers, they, 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 they were extras for the episode. Fun fact. Yeah, it was we, fun. We, we, we were saying how brilliantly that was done, the Hollywood of the 60s. I'm getting lost in the period. Yeah, because yeah. I, I wanted to live in the 60s. I feel like I've been shortchanged, you know? Mm-hmm. Have you? Yeah, yes. really. Sure. Just get, what, not 50 years earlier. It's not too hard. Yeah, but, right? But it's putting, you know it's putting me be, there. You be, know? But then you think about it, you have be be glad that you didn't... Uh, you're not in a you're not in a plane over to you know, going to Vietnam. There we go. You'd, you'd yeah, be, yeah. Now you're thinking you're right not. in the age too. Yeah. So yep. would you, no, yep. you're a wo- woman. Yeah. Did women go? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Bobby, no, right no, no. in the age. No, no, no women didn't fight back then. I mean, I don't I don't think no. there were women soldiers. And so you were saying during the episode that you now see Manson getting more aggressive throughout the episode. Yeah, I feel like every episode that I see of him, he gets more and more aggressive. Like we saw that scene today where. He was with all all his groupies, all his followers, yeah. and he was just rattling the pan and going crazy. And everybody was standing up and worshiping him and following him. And he was really angry and he's like just getting, pissed off. He's getting, he's getting unhinged. I mean, when the music guy shows up, he thinks and he's, he's doing the audition, mm-hmm. and then the string breaks, and the string is. I mean, it's the string breaking is kind of a metaphor, I think, for. And that's, for what's about to follow. His yeah. music ultimately led to his murdering spree, right? His inability well, to be I successful mean, he, in the, uh, the music. It's interesting because when we were on set, Gethin had, I don't know how they got a hold of it, but they had actual uh, demo tapes of Manson singing. Wow. Really? Uh, I mean, and you, you know, he was listening to it on his earbuds. Oh, wow. Coast, that's know, on his, crazy. On his iPhone, and I listened to it, and it was really... Creepy? Yeah, it was very, very unsettling wow. to listen to him singing. Yeah. I, I guess talking about Gethin, then, how do you think that he's portrayed Manson so far? Terrific. Terrific. Great. Yeah. You, you were Great. saying something yeah. to me like, you... I mean, that's a that's a that's a thankless gig. It's an <laughs> actor's dream, but it's oh. also, I mean, what big shoes to fill, and it's also exactly. I mean, there's a great movie, great uh, movie of the week in the '70s, Helter Skelter, and uh, Steve Railsback. If you go back and look at Steve Railsback's portrayal of, of Manson, he really, really looked like Manson, and he mm-hmm. had that crazy, crazy thing right. that in his eyes. And it actually sort of it it it, it did harm to his career mm-hmm. because he was like he was that guy like yeah. he was crazy Manson guy and it took him a while to get kind of back on track with wow. his career. So it's they a tricky it's character. a tall it's a it's a tricky big shoes to fill and it's also a, a tricky thing to do as an actor because you don't want to get you know you don't want to get pigeonholed as oh he that's the guy who you, you, know, he you plays thought he might guys. be or you heard some rumors he might have been too good looking for the part but then he made himself not as good looking the way he played well, it. just the way he like greased up his hair and mm. everything I mean Manson you see Manson pictures I mean he's uh he's not an attractive guy yeah. Gavin's <laughs> a great looking guy yeah. so you know, you gotta you know. Definitely. So before we go to prediction, I mean, time flies. No, I we're know. on a limited time. I have <laughs> 200 more questions. You're coming in next week and the week after. Okay. okay. Every week fun. from now on, sure. he's coming now. Where do, we, where do we think? We saw Emma sort of start questioning herself. She didn't take the drugs when they were all questioning mm-hmm. it. When her dad gave her that, she sort of bit of reverse psychology on his part. She didn't take it as well. Do we think where, where do we think she's going right now? I think Emma is just at such a hard place right now that she doesn't she feels that she doesn't want to be in it anymore. Like there's a part of her that's so good that she does like she wants to get out, but there's the other half of her that still wants to stay in and yeah. really try this out. And I feel like right now she's just exploring that. I feel like she's going to come back though because she always does. She's Charlie's main girl. She's Charlie's yeah. main girl now. Yeah. Like she has to come back. Yeah. She's probably just she's having a little emotional the main thing. Squeeze. I'm going to throw down this LSD yeah. and then keep going. You know, yeah. but I think she's going to come back. You're not allowed to give any indication if we're right or wrong here, but it is time for our <laughs> weekly segments called predictions. Predictions. Uh-oh. 
Creepy music. What do I want to start with? It's sort of you know, flesh. Wow, it's a theremin. Like. I know. Uh, All right, Guy, what do you think is going to happen? I am predicting with the same prediction I always do that Shafe's cover is going to get blown at some stage. I don't know when, and I'm also predicting that <laughs> Emma is going to... She's going to... She's Manson's going to lose her. I don't think she's going to go back to her parents, but I think she's going to go somewhere else. She's going to okay. go a bit AWOL again or something. I don't know. I, don't I definitely know. don't predict that she's going to go back <laughs> to her parents. Her parents disowned her. I, I don't think she's going to go back there. Me neither. I think... Oh God. I don't know. There's, and there's, it's hard to do predictions on this show. I don't see, so you don't see avenues. Emma and Banyan getting together? Or, or, oh, I don't no, know. Be, no, I don't be, know. Maybe. No, that would be, she or, would. Or no, she maybe could. Grace, Grace and Ben. No, that wouldn't be. Yeah, right. that's my new prediction. If, that you, Emma... if, you, if I saw you on the show making out with Grace, I'd be the most jealous person going around. She's beautiful. <laughs> as you should be. She's, she's extraordinary. There we go. <laughs> as, as, and as kind and sweet as she is beautiful. She's Aww, great. Yeah. That's but awesome. We've had so much fun with you yes. coming in here. I have a million you guys. more questions to ask you, but we've been told by the producers to Cut time out. But you will be back with us, right? Every week, every Thursday. Every yeah, for Thursday. Until the You're end of time. Serious. Hopefully the last episode. I'd love, to come back for, I'd love to come back for 13 because that would That'd be a be blast. amazing. That's going to be So tasty. tune in, everybody, because that one's going to be nuts. So yeah. what is your Twitter handle, just so everyone can get uh, At one, number one, Spencer Garrett. Spencer Garrett. Capital S, capital G. Awesome. Terrific. Yeah. Good luck. I'm brand, I'm brand new to the Twitters. So, so yeah, we're going to get a lot of followers. Yeah. But Thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. I'm Paige Bonanno. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Paige Bonanno. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. We had a blast. See ya. Thank you. God. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments and questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Bye. Bye. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.